Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peacing out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the hundred and third second. I don't even know at this point. It's a lot. It's a lot of episodes of the Penny Bloom podcast, uh, but it's the Bad Batch, bitches. It's your favorite, most defective group of podcasters. And you know what? I won't even dare say that we're deviant. We are just plain defective. Just I am a bunch of assholes. <laughs> just a bunch of assholes. I am joined. By Joseph George. What's up, homie? What up, what up? Glad to be deviant. Glad to be... What's the other D word? Defective. That's the word. And and, and if there's anybody who is both deviant and defective, Joe, it is you. And I can confirm this is the 103rd episode. I just looked it up as well. Hey, I did too. Glad glad we were all on the same page because I also looked it up. I am also joined by Miles Motherfucking Buttress. What's up, homie? Doing good, doing good. Happy, you know, say it every week, but I, I'm just, I'm loving this, uh, this, you know, schedule that we're getting on, especially with, uh, with Loki coming out next week. We're going to be, we're going to be knocking out some episodes. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, three days, bro. Three days. We're also joined by KBZ, Kyler Barnett. What's up? Not much. Let's do it. Let's fucking do it. Do it. If you want the best content that we have to offer, we got a good 40-minute intro up in the front of this on <laughs> patreon.com slash Bloom. We dive into all sorts of stuff. We we dig into yo, the bag of middle you, school stories. We dig yo. into some horror flicks. It's it's a lot of fun. It was a good one. Hey, if you're a poo-poo person, <laughs> this shit's for you. Literally. Talk, li- talk literally. of sharding. Talk of sharding. I own up a hundred thousand dollar Among Us chicken nugget. <laughs> just, 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 all the all these eggs, all these Easter eggs are dropping. I mean, <laughs> guys, it was, it was electric. Panic. It was electric. You got it. It was electric. But now we're here to talk. Bad Batch episode number six decommissioned. Uh, Kyler, tell me how you felt about this episode, dude. I fucking loved this episode, and I feel like my bar for loving it gets lower and lower every week because I just every start time. enjoying it more and more and more. Mm. But okay, when I tell you, I, I'm gonna draw from Lego Star Wars so much, but that was such a good experience for me growing up, supplementary to the movies that I was growing up watching. Mm. So it was so awesome. So like when I think of like. The Geonosis mission from Lego Star Wars and, like, mm-hmm. the droid factory and, like, that scene from Attack of the Clones as well. That felt very this familiar episode, here. Oh, my God. I fucking loved it. And just, like, everything that happened this episode, the stakes felt super, super high for some reason. At least maybe I was just tense watching it. And, like, well, I, thought, actually- I thought with just so much going on and so much chaos, it was just so easy. And the, I felt like one thing. 
I really love was the music, the audio. They had a couple times where they cut music and just let audio hit, just let straight up Nat sound just pop, and it put some very Ooh, intense sound. moments. Like it made some very for some very intense moments that like made me really go like, oh, hold my breath, like holy crap. It was it was like this I I loved it. Critically, one of the best episodes of this series so far. I, thought it, um, I thought it was fantastic. And the reintroduction of Trace and Rafa Martinez. Mm. I, I I loved these characters in season seven of Clone Wars, uh, mostly because of my love for Ahsoka. So I loved I loved seeing her in interaction with these characters, and uh, seeing them now continuing her her fight in a way, and and somehow connection to her. Because I don't know if you guys know who R7 is. The droid, that's Ahsoka Tano's. That is Ahsoka's droid. And it was, it was with her. It got, it got shot up at the end of Order 66 on that ship that went down with them on that planet. I'm thinking that guy they hologrammed at the end there's Captain Rex. That's I want to hear Joseph George's take on this episode. What's up? I just got one question to ask because I have to clarify this now. <laughs> is, Wrecker's inhibitor chip affecting him first because he's stupid. I think it's just because he's hit his head the hardest and he's more prone to hit his head. The but yeah, hardest. I think it's because he's so he's very much a like. We don't think it's because head you don't think it's because like he's not smart enough to hold back. Well, here's the thing. I do think there's a degree of that. I mean, he is often hitting people with his head. That's but, dumb. And yeah. the reason I say this is like, is it going to start affecting every other member? Slowly over time, I don't is it think just so. going to wreck her first because he's the most banged up? It is effect. It's it, it certainly, I have no doubt, it is activated by direct blows to the head at this point. So as long as those other guys, and see, that's what's confusing too. If their inhibitor chip isn't slightly activated, can it get hit and get activated? Or was Wreckers also like Crosshairs, where it got kind of activated? Mm-hmm. Or all of them in that situation, and they just haven't hit their head hard enough? Like we could what, see that Echo's the only one that's not like even like slightly activated because his is probably just entirely degraded. His and the other completely done. Isn't yeah. it? Isn't his taken out? Like no. didn't they actually? Sur- actually, they might have. Whenever, like, whenever he got computerized by the, I think it was taken out. Might have pulled it out. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, Miles Buttress, how'd you feel about the episode? So first and foremost, love the episode. Just gotta say that. But first and foremost, I need it on record, Joseph. I don't know how I how I obtained your powers, but I need you to take them back. Yeah, it You're was welcome. great during Falcon Here's, and the Winter Soldier. I'll, but I'll explain now. Hand, they're I'll too ex- strong. I'll explain now. I'll explain. I wanted to give a human, a mortal, a taste of my power, and I let you have it. Of all people. You're welcome. It's it's my gift to you. Um, I know. Fun. I know it's too much. I know. I will gladly take it back. I okay. knew this day would come. Being omnipotent and all. Yeah. So uh, it it was fun while it lasted, but just calling out word for fucking word what happened in this episode. Mm. Tillman sent us a message before. I don't know if you guys had seen it yet, but I know for a fact I, I hadn't seen it. And sent as soon as I read it, I was like, God damn it, Miles was just right on the fucking money. Sent with us it. a message saying, Miles, essentially, I fucking hate you. Stop being right. And I didn't know what he was talking about because I completely forgot what I said. And I was like, what the fuck? What's he talking about? I was like, guess I'll just watch the episode now. Pulled it up as soon as I got to that scene. I was like, God damn it. 
why what has happened to me that I gained this power? I hate it. Maybe yeah, you and Dave Filoni. Maybe you and Dave Filoni are one. Of maybe the same we mind. are. Uh, uh, what's it fucking called? Maybe we have a. Uh, what's the 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 se- the so- the sequel? What did they? What were they? The dyad. You, well, you yeah, and maybe, Filoni maybe are the dyad. And, maybe me and Filoni are a dyad in the Force. I mean, I I wouldn't put it past you guys. I wouldn't put it past you. Uh, you were on the money though. You uh, you even I, more so than just the wrecker. Yeah, doing the whole good soldiers, good soldiers thing. You know, it's even the, even you even the thing about Lord, Sid lording her power over them. Yeah, like that came to fruition immediately at the beginning of this episode. What was crazy to me, five minutes in, and I didn't notice this until we were, you know. <laughs> recording the uh or until i was taking down notes on the rewatch five minutes in they're in that factory that's how quickly this episode escalates like yeah, they it, get to that factory at the beginning of the episode and the entire thing takes place there and it feels incredibly fast because of that and i love and, and just and every time i wake up friday morning i don't remember this is out I have to go to Twitter and Star Wars, tw- Star Wars has tweeted chapter six decommissioned of the Star Wars. The Bad Batch is now released. And I'm like, fuck yeah. See, and like, it's because the urgency is just not there. Yeah. And frankly, I love it. I, do- <laughs> I love that. And you guys have been talking about this the last couple of weeks that I'm not like, holy shit. I have to know. It's, it's two. It's two o'clock in the morning. I need to know what happens. This is more you know, of like. There's even the night where I've stayed up past two a.m. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think of it. Yep. Like that's just the thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's very like relaxed. Just very like you can just truly enjoy the television. Like and there's no real point. Even at this point, I'm up at I'm up at two. I don't want to watch it until the mo- I don't yeah. I want to watch that in the morning in front of my TV with like breakfast or something. That's just it's more comfortable that way. Joseph, mm-hmm. I know you've been trying to get something out and I've kept interrupting you. That's I'm so okay. sorry. Go ahead. It's okay. Um uh, I don't know. It's just like the show is it's not like a normal show. I don't know. It's it's just short little episodes that, you know, you kind of have a three or four part series to, you know, and then they move on to something else. And very Clone Wars esque. Yeah, mean, it, it's, it's truly a sequel series. Well, it, to and, it's back to the, the Friday or Saturday morning cartoon theme. And I never watched like the Clone Wars as it was coming out, other than season seven. But it was the whole season was released. So no, it was not. It was it was it was I, week to week. But but by the time I watched season seven, the whole season was released. So I oh gotcha. I, I never watched it actually on release. Gotcha, so it, it's gotcha. weird. This is like the first time I've I'm watching a show like this on release and kind of having to be like, you know, just accept the fact that maybe each episode isn't going to be as invigorating as a WandaVision or a Mandalorian, but it's just, you know, I just got to sit back and relax and enjoy the cartoon. That's yeah. all. That, and that's, that's what I love about this series. You know, it's, and it, and that's where star Wars really gets to thrive. You know what I'm saying? Like in this, especially with Dave Filoni at the helm, if you get, they just throw so many things at you that feel so Star Wars. And it's just, it's all just a melting pot of everything we've seen. And I love that about it. Like, like Kylo was saying, you know, it feels a lot of, a lot like the droid factories on Geonosis and Attack of the Clones and Lego Star Wars. You know, you get that, you get that feel through and through. It's, it's just perfect. And 
getting that connection to Trace and Rafa from the Clone Wars. I mean, obviously you get a link there and they're going to, I think they're going to be our link to Captain Rex, which is going to be phenomenal. So like, it's just, it's like the Mandalorian is perfect. In my opinion, I wouldn't change a thing about it. I view what a lot of people viewed the one-off episodes of the Mandalorian as this. You know what I'm saying? Like like season two, episode two with the frog lady on that ice planet. That's one of these. It's just live action, you know? And so mm-hmm. but because it's in the Mandalorian, people try to try to give it more stakes, but sometimes it just can't be that. You know, sometimes it has to be more more like and because it's in live action, because we see that spider and all of its fucking horrifying teeth, it becomes a little more real and a little bit more anxiety inducing. But it, it's supposed to have a similar effect, you know. It, and I just appreciate when Star Wars does that. Mm. So what I have here, episode breakdown, scene by scene, longest notes so far of any episode, interestingly enough. And uh, I don't think it was because anything more truly happened. I mean, besides the premiere, the premiere premiere was far and away the longest notes. But since then, uh, seven pages compared to a usual five. And it's just because, like in some episodes of The Mandalorian, I felt I had to write everything down. Mm. There were too many just great little moments in this that I had to take note of, you know? So let's jump into Bad Batch, Episode 6, Decommissioned. What do you say? Let's do it, boys. Let's fucking go. So we open on Ord Mantell, and we see a patron make their way into Sid's watering hole, where she uh, nearly meets her end. At the hands of uh, Omega and her bow. And uh, Omega's like, sorry! And she pulls the bow back again. She's really struggling. She's not quite strong enough. And Echo instructs her on uh, how to do it. And I like... And I thought... I was afraid that Omega's relationship was going to be limited to Hunter and Wrecker. And I'm glad that they're just taking time, I feel like, to introduce these other relationships. Like, I think her and Echo, he's going to train, I think he's going to be a big part of training her in combat. At least that's mm-hmm. what the impression I get from this. You know well, what I'm saying? I and think her and Wrecker are just also, like, I mean, this is such a long, this is a long show too. I mean, what, 16 absolutely. episodes? So, I mean, there's plenty of time. We're only in episode six. So there's no reason to like rush into developing all of those arcs. You know what I mean? So I think that's what's really cool is like knowing that like there is plenty of time to fludge out each every character and not make it feel like, oh, well, we just kind of skimmed over that. Like we're going to get the chance for depth, like, you know, to go mm-hmm. actually. They're going to dive into shit for yeah, sure. It's going to be awesome. I, I uh, so like like I said, we've gotten that development of Hunter and her relationship and we see that even more developed in this episode to a point where it feels a little even more. Like a Din and Grogu thing at the end. Not quite there, obviously. Obviously. But at the end, you feel that a little bit more from Hunter. And I like that a lot. But, you know, Echo's teaching her how to use the bow. And uh, she fires again, missing. And, uh, you know, the other patrons nearby who were fighting in the last episode drunkenly weigh in. And uh, one of them is hoping she misses as they have money on it. They're betting on this child's, uh, you know, training. And uh, she hits the target. And uh, Echo tells her to do it again. And she's like, but I've already done it three fucking times, guy. And he's like, well, you know, three out of 12, that's fucking bad. <laughs> no, yeah, that sounds like a lot of my bullpens from early childhood. Very... <laughs> I've thrown three strikes. Okay, that's well, we've thrown out. 30 pitches. You no longer can throw because you're like eight. 
<laughs> and also, they weren't good. So you're, you're, you're saying you weren't throwing hundred pitch games whenever you were eight? No. Any Tommy bad. John when you're twelve? <laughs> Yo, and then I'd be throwing ninety eight right now. So that's true. That route. That's true. Some people strategically get Tommy John. I know. Well, okay. What I don't understand. Okay. Get Tommy John. One last time about it. I can't believe there are parents that'll go and take a fully healthy Tom, like a fully healthy UCL, and be like, "Yo, give him Tommy," because they're like, "Oh, he'll come back to a ninety. No, give him no, Tommy. No, if he's healthy, he's healthy. He could Let go Tommy throw ninety. He just has to work for it. He's gonna have to work for it either way. So you might as well. Work he's gonna for have it to work for it, just like Omega's gonna have to work for it to work this fucking bow. Yeah, you know, Omega. Omega. Back in. Impressive. Omega. Thank you. Thank you. I try, but. You know, Echo, Echo's like, yeah, you hit three out of fucking 12. That's luck, not skill. Soldiers need to be consistent. And she aims again. And the patrons of the bar, they continue. You know, double or nothing, she misses. And uh, she does. She tells Echo that, you know, she was doing better before these two fucking assholes showed up. And uh, Echo tells her that she, she has to learn to tune out distractions. And that only comes with practice. And he tells her to go again and again. She aims. And again, she misses. And uh, Wrecker whispers to Hunter. She goes, he goes, not exactly a natural, is she? I thought this was a little bit of a dick move on Wrecker's <laughs> part. I don't know if he remembers the first episode of this series. She really had that thing on her in terms of that blaster. Like, mm. I think it's clear she's a natural. It's just got to be an instinct thing. It mm. can't be. It can't be a thing she's focusing on. And I think that shows even later in the episode as well. Or maybe Omega but, uh, really did just get lucky. In that first, with that shot, you know, oh, no, I mean she, it's 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 obviously an instinct thing. Did she There's use something the there? Did there is something the there. Colton, I really you saying it. I really want at some point during this. It's not going to happen. Not a chance. But I want to make it to be like, hey, can you get these assholes out of here? <laughs> yeah, I, I really, I really want her to be like, oh my god, fuck these guys. She whips out the bone. She goes, pshroom, pshroom, puts one in each of their chest. <laughs> how's, but, uh, how's that for two for two? <laughs> And Hunter's like, Omega. And he, and she's like, what? They were bothering me. But, uh, <laughs> I'm Omega. Now you're in my way. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, Wrecker, Wrecker whispers to Hunter, not exactly a natural issue. And Hunter gives him a nice little shrug, you know, like, eh, yeah, I guess. And, uh, you know, Sid then throws Wrecker a good old fucking whack on the shoulder just to get his attention. And, Sid tells them that playtime is over and that they need to talk, and she kicks the, the drunks out. Sid says to them that they uh, they must know what a tactical droid is as she begins to explain what one of those does. You know, she's cut off by tech. And the first aspect of something that I felt was extraordinarily comedic in this episode, like this episode was funny on multiple occasions. Mm. And I didn't notice on the first watch, but on the second watch, I noticed Tech was literally behind everyone else when she was talking. And he, like, jumped through the middle and stuck his finger up, like, and actually, I have a fun fact about this. Like, like they were like, they were like, this dude's a fucking dork. <laughs> and I loved it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, she tells him to shut the fuck up. This is her show. And, uh. She continues. <laughs> she continues to explain that the uh, the tactical droid intel is top drawer stuff, which is uh why they're going to break into a decommissioning facility on uh, Corellia to get one before they're all destroyed. And uh, of course, I heard Corellia, and I'm going. This can't be that long before Solo. What? Mm. Where's Where's Han? You know, like and and uh, up front, that's what I'm thinking. But then I'm also thinking like, 
Are they gonna go? Are they gonna go to the bag? And they don't. They don't go to the bag Question. for Han. Question: Why is this intel really that valuable at this point? Well, because the Empire's forces are clones, and they don't. I don't think they're immediately changing their battle strategies. Yeah. Or, or any all, of their strategies. They're all still clones right now, and they haven't been transitioned yet. So if you have intel on how to beat clones, you have intel on how to beat the Empire. Yeah. Mm. For the time being. Because, like, even in Rebels, I remember that, like, uh, Captain Rex, when he's working with Kanan Jarrus, like, gives him, like, codes from the time of the Republic. And they still work because the clones wrote the system. Like, mm. they don't change shit. I mean, you think about it. it, it uh, like a, a administration that covers that, like obviously covers the entire empire. You're gonna have a lot of a lot of old shit. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But you know, she says they're they're gonna break into a decommissioning facility on Corellia to get uh, one of these tactical droids before they're all destroyed. And uh, Hunter says that they haven't really decided if they're gonna work for her or not. And uh, she says she's decided for them. They're fucking in. And. Uh, she says it's a mutually beneficial relationship. They make money. She makes money. And plus, you know, she watches their back. And she continues, you know, it's the best option they've got. And, you know, Hunter begrudgingly agrees. But she's like, of course you fucking agree. I already told you you're in. Yeah. Um, and, you know, then she goes over to Omega. And, you know, she shows her what's up with that bow. Like, she was like, you know, the re- really the only thing you're lacking is strength. Get on that shit, kid. And, uh. She she fires that thing three times, hit the bullseye three times, and it was like, oh damn. Yo, yeah. okay, so you ever have that ant that's like really comforting and like gentle, but then you but got also a little bit of you, a badass. No, 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 no. But then, so like for me, it's like I have an ant like that, but then I have another one. It's just like not quite like as like just not as endearing. Like <laughs> is that I like and, I like and, how no, you're trying no, to be no. nice about it. And listen, it. she is a saint. She is so she's fantastic. She will go to the ends to do anything for me and my sister and we're not even her kids, but like she she is like this felt like that for me. Like this is that like Auntie Sid where it's like you're kind of tiptoeing a little bit, but like you know it's still fun when you go over there. <laughs> like I get I get what you're saying for sure. I get that. But uh the Bad Batch, you know, they make their way to Corellia. You know, they dock themselves onto the bottom of a much larger freight freighter. And uh, Echo asks, he's like, this old trick? And I like that. I feel like that was a reference to the OT when Han hides the Millennium Falcon on a mm. Star Destroyer. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I feel like it's way too easy for them to do that. It, it, there has to be like, they have to have sensors somewhere that's like, hey, there's just a fucking ship sitting against you. Maybe we should. But it's maybe so we small comparatively. Out. Like it's just nothing. Still though, like that, you would think that they would. There, there has to be some. It's like a fly on a bear. The bear doesn't care that a fly is on it. No, I feel like it's a little bit closer, like a fly on you. And if a fly lands on you, you're immediately just gonna be like, "Hey, get the fuck off." That's because you're gonna feel it. Yeah, because I have nerves. A ship doesn't yeah, have nerves. Yeah, but a ship should have like <laughs> should have like cameras or something. Something that's like, hey, a fucking ship just essentially docked with us. I think they focus more on the guns than that sort of thing. It is it is a it is a classic move in Star yeah. Wars. Though. They go back to this bag a lot, that's and what, we can we can we can say one way or another. Is it lazy? Perhaps, <laughs> but here's the thing: it does work. 
over and over yeah. and it's in the Star Wars universe. So they're going to keep going back to it. You know, like once it's worked once, they can't just go back and be like, that doesn't work anymore. You know what I'm saying? I guess they could add ship sensors, but then they've got to come up with a new system every time they enter a planet. That just gets to be a lot of the story. You know, they've got to dock some That's sometime. Fair. But you know, the <laughs> that tech explains that it works every time. Like, like I was saying, and Omega asks, and I like that Omega is a representation of everyone who has ever not really got into Star Wars. Like, she really is a representation for children in this show. You know what I'm saying? Cause she asks or, here, like, in a very plain way that seems almost obvious to the viewer that it's trying to explain to you something. Why is a tactical droid more important than the other kinds of droids? Yeah. It's, it felt it's like children. the very like magic school bussy moment of like the like the Dora when she looks breaks the fourth wall like looks and like <laughs> yeah. yeah. See yeah. The I don't mind it. Yeah, exactly. I don't children. mind it. They, they, do it. they do it seamlessly, and it is information yeah. that is important. Yeah, it's for children. You know, children who obviously aren't into Star Wars yet, or you know, adults who are heathens and have never seen Star Wars before. No, I'm a tactical uh, droid because, because there are just no tactical in front of it. Duh. I'm it's here for it. I'm here for it simply because there's just so much shit. I mean, there is yeah, so much absolutely. shit to retain. So, like, sometimes getting a little – tell it to me like I'm five refresher. I, hey, I fucking need it. I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm above everybody else. Oh, Fuck, absolutely. Man. No, Here's I wasn't – yeah. Every time no, I watch – I wasn't pointing – I wasn't okay. saying any of you guys. I just meant, like, <laughs> I am not – Well, no, I assume me game. because I did call people who hadn't seen Star Wars before heathens, so – No, but, like, um, I've seen it. That was so, less, like, a, a, still... less, you know, saying that this was a bad thing, more just saying, how have you not seen Star Wars at this point? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Echo explains that the reason these tactical droids are that much more important is because that the more that they fought – the more that they learned, and the more that they learned, the more that they won. And honestly, I wouldn't have put that as, like, a simple reason as to why tactical droids are better. I even needed that explanation. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, like, that's a really plain – I wouldn't have put it it's in a, such it's, plain terms. Yeah, it's a concise way to put it. That's just AI, that. and it's smart. We yeah, exactly. That. But, you know, Record chimes in after he says, like, you know, the more that they learn, the more that they want. And he goes, except against us. Ha <laughs> ha, yeah. <laughs> and it's classic uh, Wrecker, Wrecker fashion. And uh, <laughs> I love how, like, after most of his lines, you can count on a ha ha, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know oh. what I'm saying? He does that a lot, and I love it. But uh, Tech continues the explanation of him that uh, with clones now serving the Empire, the knowledge these droids have is invaluable to defeating them. And uh, they execute their entrance and the landing, and uh, we're not we're on the uh, not so sunshiny Corellia. And you know they ex- they exit their ship and uh, make a break to the decommissioning facility, and they see plenty of police droids. And Tech says that if they time their entrance properly, they'll have a blind spot and they should be chill. So they uh, they continue their move and make their way up a ladder. And before they get to this ladder, Wrecker really looks up it and is like, "Fuck, this is where we learn Wrecker's afraid of heights." <laughs> I think I think I love that Wrecker's just a big softy. Here's the thing: I don't like heights. Fuck heights. I think frankly. everyone's afraid I can, of heights. I can I can deal with a height. I, I prefer to not be high. Up there. I don't trust you know people. Who don't I mean, have I, a healthy high, fear that high. I think you should be scared of heights. I, it's just a that's very natural. Yeah. If if a bear is running at you, grizzly bear, you're going to be scared. That's just a thing you're going to be afraid of. There's not a human on the planet. Maybe Chuck Norris. 
that could just be no, like there are definitely people who aren't scared of heights and as i said i don't trust those people yeah that's just wow yeah but you know they make their way up that ladder and at the top they enter a door which takes them swiftly into the facility and the whole way up records like oh man i uh, i uh. just does this whole grunting and groaning thing that he does literally all the time i love it <laughs> But uh, inside him the facility, and, rec- him and ahead, Drax, him and Drax feel like exactly, and it's funny because there's literally another character in that show that should seem more ideal of a fit, like Groot, who literally is limited to just I and am and Groot, an occasional we. But like, it's <laughs> yeah, so much are. funnier how Drax feels more like Rec, like Wrecker and Drax seem so synonymous. Mm. Oh, yeah. And like we talked about that a few episodes back, how there's this distinct group of characters that is just the big brooding dudes who are actually a little that are lovable, you know, and it's they're lovable because they're because they're big brooding and and a little dumb. Yeah, exactly. It's those two and it's Tormund Giants Bane of Game of Thrones. I I see Wrecker doing the invisible bit like I've moved so incredibly slow. Like I see Wrecker. My my movements are imperceptible to the eye. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know. Inside the facility, Wrecker takes out one of the men guarding the facility and uh, chokes him out, which I was like, yeah, that's a way to do it. And uh, they make their way out of sight, and Hunter looks around the area, seeing the droids being decommissioned, and then gives his team the instructions. You know, Echo and Tech will come with him to retrieve the droid, while Wrecker will take watch up top. He's not a fan. Not a fan. You know, he's like, Crosshair's job was always to be the lookout. And Hunter's like, that's not a fucking request, guy. I'm your commander. Take my orders. Good soldiers always follow orders. Oh, come on. Yeah, you know, that's not a request. So, interesting thought. Here, if Order 66 activates in the inhibitor chip, does he follow the orders he's been previously given? I guess that's definitely not the case. I guess that's definitely not the case, obviously, with Order 66 having happened. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like at least for a little bit, even if he, like, even if the inhibitor chip has already been activated at this point, He's not going to act any differently because he doesn't know they're not following orders. Oh, absolutely. You're right. But, uh, you know, Omega chimes in asking what, you know, she's here to do. And uh, Hunter tells her to stay where they are right now and keep her eyes peeled for the target. And Omega scans the area, watching the Bad Batch move to their respective jobs. And we see the crew stun some more guards. And Echo uses his new hand code cylinder thing to... uh search their system, and only one tactical droid is listed, and the others have all been destroyed. Over the comms, Omega hears the dis- hears them discuss the location of the offloading droid, and she turns her attention to the north end conveyor. She finds the droid's head and lets them know, but she sees it get picked up and run away with. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck? This ain't fun. Mm. Don't, don't give me another... Don't, don't give me a chase here for the droid... Fuck, man. But... We find out it's Rafa and Trace, and automatically I'm in at that point. You know what I'm saying? But uh, Wrecker looks down, and he sees one of the workers stealing the target. And Omega goes on the chase and is immediately cut off by a familiar voice. She draws her bow and tells her to stay back. The worker shows her face and tells her to calm down. It is Rafa, the older sister, to Trace. And she says she doesn't want to hurt Omega, but she can't have her getting in the way. And I loved Omega's response. Omega's really about it. She's like... You're the one in my way. I'm I Omega. Like, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, fuck yeah, Omega. Okay, get you some. And then Joseph, oh, 
sorry, I just really got to really quickly say, Joseph, that is the part of you not being on the podcast, like whenever you're gone, that Mm. I miss the most. It's just anytime anything is said about Omega, just hearing, I'm Omega. (laughs) Omega. I really channel my inner Omega whenever I. You do. really do. You really, and it's impeccable. You're, it's the same thing every single time. I feel like I'm watching funny. the bad. Batch it's like a sound bite. Yeah, it's like I have a sound bite button of just Omega <laughs> in my body. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you're Over saying you're not rock. pressing a button each time you do that? I Why do you do the motion? Like, yeah, I thought you were just. I thought I. I, I could have just Omega. Hold me. <laughs> Omega, I choose you. It sounds like a Pokemon. But uh, over Rafa's calm, we hear Trace's voice informing her that she has the target. Yo, okay. Am, oh, sorry, I jumped in. But am I the only one that felt like fucking you heard, I have the target, like, at least 12 to 20 too many times? Bro. I mean, I'm like, not going to lie to you. The way this thing switched hands, it was a little much for me. They, like, it, like it, it, no, and and like, how many times do you see this trope in like a show or movie where it just keeps getting passed back and forth? That's fine, but is it necessary to inform her every time? Like, every then she's time just you like, get it back? then she's like, wow, she's really been fumbling the fuck out of this bag. But if you fumble it twelve <laughs> times and don't tell her once and bring it to her at the end, and you still fumbled it twelve times, but you never told her, she thinks no. you did it first try. What, what's no. the why why it makes no sense to me I it doesn't it, doesn't. it, it really doesn't but um you know uh omega tells rafa not to answer that uh that calm link from uh from trace and she pulls her bow even tighter and we then see trace running down a spiral staircase shouting for her sister saying that they need to get out of here but at the bottom of the stairs the bad batch waits they draw their weapons point them in her fucking face they're like get down it's our bag now Tech asks who she is, and she retorts with the same question. She's like, who the fuck are you? I don't got to tell you shit. I'm like, goddamn right, Trace. Keep that in mind. You ain't ever got to tell anybody anything. But back with Rafa and Omega, Rafa tells her that her arms look a little shaky, and after a moment of silence, she says, okay, you win. Put that thing down, and we can talk about this. And you see the sweet side of Omega get the best of her here. She puts. I yeah, I hated this. Like, and it's gonna be good for her, but like, and it, it, it's necessary. Like, it's one of those like plots. She would be naive, like, you know. Yeah, but like, God, it just sucks to watch. It's like one of those painful moments where it's like, no, not Omega. Well, it's like she she learned a little bit from from Fennec Shan's experience. You know what I'm and, saying? And I'll say but, this: at least she got this experience with a. Like the like this group of characters, like you know, someone who's like maybe yeah, it's it... gang in this bitch. Oh, <laughs> go ahead, Kyler, go ahead. <laughs> uh, no, but she's like it. It was one of those things where it's like hard to watch because like you know, it's like oh god, if this would have been someone else, like if this was like Asajj Ventress, like she is fucked, she's murdered. Yeah, like an, that kind of character. But we're so lucky that it's like a neutral like. Oh, like we may be going for the same thing, but like we're not actually villains. You know what I mean? Absolutely, and I love I love that for for Omega. Like it's it's oh, saving yeah. her. It's saving her in this moment. Obviously, otherwise she's kind of fucked. But uh, of course, Omega puts down the bow, and Rafa capitalizes, and she knocks the bow from her hand off the ledge, and uh, the the bow also happened to fire off a round straight into the machinery where. Where, uh, you know, Wrecker, looking from above, voices his concerns the only way he knows how. Uh-oh. 
<laughs> one of the uh, one of the workers below shouts, "We have blaster fire!" Dude, that dude sounded like a square. This dude's voice was. I mean, I'm I'm usually 100 percent down with voice acting in Star Wars. This took me out of it. I was like, I was like, this was bad. Not not like it's not like bad because it, the the it, distracting. The not cool. It's just like well, it was. It wasn't bad voice acting. It was just a bad voice. Exactly. You just, you just didn't that's like the voice. Like he, he nailed the voice he was trying to do. Yeah. I assume it's just that like. That's that's what that character would sound like. You just hate that that character. Exactly. You know, but you know, he's like, we have we have blaster fire. Lock it down. And Trace poses the question to the Bad Batch. You know, she's like, how do you plan on getting out of here now? And Rafa tells Omega, nice going, kid. And Omega's like, what the fuck? You grabbed my bow. Don't act like this (laughs) is all on me. Like, excuse me? I, and I loved Omega in this scene. She really stood her ground, and she was absolutely right. You know, she's like, she's yeah. like come on, dude. You can't put this all on me. And then we see the... The fuck are you talking about? You exactly. did this. We see the police droids enter, and Rafa's like, you know, don't just stand there, kid. Grab a weapon. And Omega's like, I fucking had one. What do you mean? And uh Wrecker, luckily, hasn't hit his head yet, saves them. And... uh Shoot, shoots at the shoots at the droids and tells them to move. But Tech, Echo, and Hunter engage the police droids as well below. And Hunter asks Omega for a report. And Omega lets him know that there is a second person after the tactical droid, but she assures him not to worry. She's in pursuit. And I like that she's just completely ignoring Hunter throughout this episode. Like Hunter's like, "No, you have got to stay there. Stop moving." And she's just like, "Nope, I'm doing my thing. It's never not worked out for me." But uh. Hunter once again tells her to stay put. They already have the droid head. And Trace, overhearing this, you know, she's like, no, you don't. I actually have the droid head. Don't just act like because I have it, you automatically have it. Like, that transfer of power has not yet occurred. But uh, she makes a break for it up the stairs, and she speaks over the comms, telling his sister to meet at the rendezvous. And Hunter tells tells his team that he'll get the head. They've got to get the lockdown lifted. Trace and Rafa, you know, they, they make their make their way to the rendezvous point and Rafa comes out like, you know, kind of above Trace by like a couple fo- couple floors and Trace is being chased by Hunter and she she says, Fuck it, Rafa, catch the shit and and she she does, but uh she is promptly uh smacked in the fucking face by a tactical droid and she throws that shit once again onto the conveyor belt, right back where we were at the beginning of the episode. So, <laughs> and like, I didn't realize that until the rewatch either. So I was like, man, they just kind of kept putting that thing back in the same place and having to go. Get it. <laughs> it was funny. But, uh, hmm. Trace and Omega watch it fall. And in unison, they yell, I'll get it. And they, they look at each other and they're like, oh, fuck. Now it's a race. And uh, Rafa, facing the wrath of this police droid that's come up behind her, is saved by Hunter. And she turns to him and tells him, I hope you're not expecting gratitude. And he's like, well, the fuck? Should I have let the droid shoot you then? Like, what? Can't say thank you? Goddamn. Yeah, no shit. What the fuck? Like, yeah, that was kind of rude. It's not like he was working against her there. Like, at all. Not one bit. He saved her life. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck? But, uh. No, I can't blame her, though. They are in opposition for the most part. It's like, you know, fuck what you thought. Like, thank you for saving me, but shit, I got a job to do. And uh, they then again 
fire on the oncoming police droids, saving each other. And uh, then they engage a ton of police droids in which they are pinned down by for the rest of the episode. They, like This is like nine or ten minutes in, and it just doesn't stop for the next 20 minutes. They are getting shot at the rest of the time. Uh, but Omega and Trace race to the droid, and uh, it it comes to a head when Omega slides down, grabs the droid, and rubs runs in between uh, Trace's legs, and you know she she lets she lets Hunter know that she has the head, and Echo tells her, you know, you need to hang tight. And Echo powers down the entire system of the facility. He had to override the lockdown. He tells Wrecker, get to the main control plant panel, and here's where things get shitty for us. Wrecker goes a running, nearly falls off the edge. He looks down. He's like, "Oh goddamn, that's a that's a long fall, and it's into fire. That's just that's just a big cherry on top of it all. That's bad." But uh, <laughs> he recognizes he's got to jump. That sounded like John Mulaney. Is what that <laughs> sounded like Man, not like realize. John Mulaney, like he's normal. No, it sounded like it sounded like uh, Spider what Spider Ham. <laughs> I didn't wash my hands. That's why they're wet. No other reason. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, he recognizes he's got to jump. And earlier in the episode, it was made clear by the fact that he didn't want to climb this ladder that he's afraid of heights. But he's he's a trooper, man. He's here for the squad. He jumps across. He swings on that little hook thing over to the other platform. But bad news, fellas. He smacked the shit out of his head. And boy, oh boy, is he hurting. He starts groaning. Just grabbing at his head. He, 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 he comes to enough to pull the lever. So thank goodness, right? But when he pulls the lever, conveyor belt activates, knocking over Omega. Thus she drops the head. Once again, Trace is like, Rafa, I have it. So again, weapons in Trace's hand. Omega is pinned down underneath the leg of, or underneath a droid. So her leg is being fucking pinned and she can't fucking move so that's just bad news for her and uh she's headed steadfast for lava that's that's the plan for her big, big this reminds you of toy story uh, yes yes <laughs> joseph <laughs> let's go oh man i was on the same page man. <laughs> oh same Cue page. the noise but uh oh we haven't done that it's been a minute oh, it's been God, a minute since the cue the noise felt- so good. That's so. That felt so nostalgic. No, here's the thing. We've been making pop culture references. We just haven't. No, it has. We've that sprinkled hasn't in changed. a cue the noise since maybe the Mandalorian rewatch. It's been so long. Uh, no, we we have. Well, there have been a couple times where we've we've where we'll do what we just did there. Took a dip. We'll drop. I think I think there was probably like one in Wandavision and like one in Falcon and the Winter Soldier where we'll make one reference and no. one of us will catch it and be like, "Oh, cue the noise." And then we'll we'll think about it, and then we'll yeah, just exactly. move on. Bro, and the funny thing is, every time I feel like I make a lot of them, and every time I do, I think it, but I don't say it because I'm like, mm. I guess we just don't. No, nah, bro, anymore. bring it back, bring Aww. back cue the noise. Bad, say less. I even start. <laughs> I remember me and Kyler. Me? It, it, I started saying it. Yeah, and it was him and it was me and Kyler. Kyler started making pop culture references. And he was like, "There's got like, there's got to be some sort of sound for when we make a pop culture reference." And I was just like, "Cue the noise!" And then like, no noise came, and that yeah. was always going to be the joke, you know, <laughs> that no noise ever came when I said "cue the noise." So <laughs> now you've been let in on the secret that that was that was always the joke <laughs> yeah. was that no, no noise was ever going to come. But uh, 
<laughs> the, lo- the lockdown because Wrecker pulled the lever has now been lifted and the door is open and Tech tells Wrecker to get down there. He's like, come on, man. It'll be fun. We got to get out of this bitch. And But Wrecker's in immense pain. He's just grabbing at his head. Then he collapses. He begins to mutter, good soldiers, good soldiers. And, he, you know, he, he gets fired upon and he's he's there enough to fire back, but not enough so to, like, do it in any way that's actually good. And he gets he gets shot. He gets taken down. He passes out with a breathy, good soldiers. And I was like, oh. dude, I was getting real freaking anxious right about now. Oh, I was like, fuck, is Wrecker going to wake up and go on a fucking rampage? Like, what if that was the foreshadow from last episode? Like, I know that's what I was really fearing. I, that would have been real bad, but. Hunter and Rafa down below, they continue their battle with the police. And he asks her why she's after the droid. She's like, it's none of your fucking business clone. And he says, well, guess what? It is today. We're, we're in this together now. So get with it or get lost. And uh, trace is nearly out of the mud contacts Rafa telling her to meet at the North exit. And uh, I like the idea that in space, North, South, East, West, these are all maintained. Uh, <laughs> Rafa, being pinned down by enemy fire. It's like, actually, I'm a little busy at the moment. And as uh, Trace is almost out of there, she hears Omega grunting as uh, she is pinned under a droid. She's like, ah, God, fuck, shit. Fuck, God damn it. Ah, fuck. She's headed for lava. <laughs> I'd certainly... Imminent death. She's, she's it's imminent death. Death is death is imminent. But, uh, she, you know, Trace stops, turns to see it, and recognizes that she's got to help in some way, you know, because we've seen Trace before. And if we didn't have the background of the Clone Wars with Trace and Rafa, we wouldn't. We wouldn't know how well they met. You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate them just expanding on this character, not taking any time to really explain, just being like, these are, and, and like, if you hadn't ever met them, this was a good introduction as well. Like, it's, yeah. it's, yeah. If you know who they are, you know they're not going to do bad things. If you don't know who they are, you're it's a welcome exactly. surprise. Absolutely. And and they're they're great they're great for the story. And I hope we actually seems like we might see them more. Uh just the impression I get from the end of this episode. But uh you know All right, sadly we lost uh we lost Joey to some fucking technical difficulties. I in actually the arms of the angels. So uh, we'll be missing we'll be missing Joe the rest of the episode. But I'm just gonna pick up. He's right not dead. Here. He's just ugly. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, Joe. Dad, he's just ugly. No, no I'm just bro. kidding. We Joseph. love you. You're Joe. beautiful. Nah, you're beautiful. You're you're, you're you you you're a sexy motherfucker. The, the, just complete disrespect. <laughs> okay, it was just the meme. It was just the meme from Twitter. I don't rem- I don't know if you guys know that, but that I was do. Like I was. No, I, I was I've not heard the he's not dead. He's just ugly. One. Yeah, I've, just, I've like, heard a lot hey, of that. My he's not he's dead. Not I just dead. don't like him. But. I'm going to continue. I'm going to pick up right where I left off in this breakdown on my notes. You know, uh, Omega's in a panic as she's about to fall off this conveyor belt, right? And uh, she she calls out to Hunter. She's like, hey, um, I'm stuck. I need help. And I like that she doesn't ask for help up until this point. She She waits until she is in danger. She's like, I am officially done for. I need your help. This is This is it for me. But, uh, you know, he throws his grappler up immediately. He doesn't hesitate. 
he's he's ready he's ready to go and get her even though he's been hesitating to move the whole time being pinned down by droids and all he just all of a sudden was like you know what we on that's the bottom line but uh you know he throws the grappler up takes down the support posts destroying all the droids as they fall to their mechanical death and rafa collapses on the uh conveyor belt next to him and uh not too far away omega yells out for hunter's help he yells back to her that he's on his way and rafa behind him yells hey you maniac you almost got me fucking killed and i'm like i mean he knew you wouldn't die he wouldn't have done it otherwise but uh she quickly realizes there's no time for animosity and they're still being fired at. So uh, Hunter and Rafa return fire, but Omega keeps going and she eventually falls off the conveyor belt, which I have to admit, that was the twist I didn't anticipate. I thought like once she fell, it was it. Like that was wraps. And then they, and then it just kept going. You know what I'm saying? But uh, she lands on that like pile of droids that are about to be melted. And I'm like, okay, that's that's feasible. They're definitely not all burning up all at once. And uh, she stumbles towards the edge where Trace is holding out her hand, ready to help. But uh, Omega can't reach. The droids, uh, the droids underneath her begin to give way, and she grabs one of the legs, hoping this will reach Trace. And she sticks it out towards her. Trace grabs it, and now she's hanging on by just a thread. And as more police droids approach, it begins to look bad for them. But Hunter swings into the rescue, taking out the droids, helping lift Omega out of the near-death situation she's in. And it's like, okay. We're, we're officially cool. And I wasn't ever worried. I knew they weren't going to kill Omega in a fiery death, but I, I was concerned. You know, it's like, I, I mean, like she could burn a foot. That could be bad. But, uh, I think this was it for no, episode, no, I episode I like six or whatever they were going to kill convinced. off. You know, I'm, maybe I'm just smarter than most people, but, <laughs> but, uh, I wasn't convinced. Uh, they didn't have me. Nice try, Dave. Not this time, bucko. <laughs> well, it'd be like freaking Mandalorian killing off Grogu, like episode two. It'd be like, exactly. oh. well, I'm not gonna lie. Okay, I guess at that, that point, I was up in the air at the time. Okay, but like, okay, fine. Like season episode like, six. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would, it would, yeah. I definitely would have been like, no, what the fuck? You can't like when they almost killed him at the end of episode four on that farm. Like that bounty hunter is aiming at him. It's like I know mm-hmm. he's not gonna die here. You know what I'm saying? But uh. You know, she, they say, they save her and Hunter turns to Trace. He like sighs and tells her thank you. And this was the moment I was referencing earlier when I said it felt a little bit more Din Grogu. You know, he like, the, the relief that he really felt in this moment was greater than mo- any relief he's probably ever felt before. It felt, it felt like, especially in the show anyway. Yeah. And, uh, she tells him that, you know, he's welcome with a smile and they rise together as Rafa falls in front of them. From uh, from above, and she says, "Oh, I'm fine. Don't worry about me or anything." And she tells Hunter that this is this has been a real treat, but the droid is theirs. And uh, he says they can talk about it later. And if they want to get out of here, they need to work together. And Ralph is like, "Fine, but I still don't like you." And he shoots back with a, "I'm used to it." And I liked that. I thought that like he's like, "Yeah, at this point, we're wanted by everybody. It doesn't fucking matter what happens." Oh, doggo made entrance. Doggo right. made entrance. Get on the bed, you big pillow, so then I can get scared. He doesn't, he doesn't hop up on my bed anymore. Uh, he's a. I put a. I put a mattress pad on my bed, and it's it's just like that little bit. I think it's too high for him. Too much. And so he doesn't. He doesn't like hopping up on he it is, unless he I. Is, he is a big boy. Yeah, that, he's a. He's that's a, a record. He's a big boy. That is a record-like dog. He's about as smart as record too. So that's that's very fitting. <laughs> very fitting. But uh, 
Tech reaches out to Wrecker, speaking of which, over the comms again, and we see him groggily come to. He mutters, no, no, no. And he hears Crosshair's voice in his head, good soldiers follow orders. And he grunts and he groans and Hunter on the ground, Hunter on the ground says they need to get the fuck out of there. And Echo lets them know that a larger wave of, wave of droids is headed their way at the moment. And uh, their firefight continues and Trace notes that they need a diversion. Rafa chimes in. What we need is a diversion. Trace, mildly annoyed, turns to Omega and is like, is there an Echo in here? Echo approaches. Yes. She asks, what? And he explains, I'm Echo. She says, really? He's like, yeah. And he's like, okay, Echo, we need an, we need a distraction. And I was like, okay. This was funny as fuck. Yeah. Like I laughed out loud whenever, whenever she, whenever she was like, is there an echo in here? And he was like, yes. Like <laughs> one of, one of the stupidest lines in all of Star Wars. So really I gotta, funny. I gotta be honest. I had this spoiled for me and it really upset me because Damn. it still was so great in the show. But I was like, if I would have not known that this was coming before I watched it too. Oh my God. Dude, it was outstanding. I loved it. it. I great. absolutely it loved great. it. But it, what we need is a diversion. And like already I loved it from that point. But then it just kept building. Like I liked this dynamic between the sisters that was like she she piggybacks off her ideas, signs them off as hers. What <laughs> we need is a diversion. She's like, is there a fucking echo in here? He's like, yeah. Yeah, there is. What's up? You need me? It's, it's me. <laughs> I'm Echo. What's up? But uh. <laughs> you know, she she says we need a distraction. He says he can help with that, gesturing to the uh, tactical droid they've recently come into possession of. And uh, they work on rewiring the head, and Trace explains that they need an army to get out of this. And they just so happen to have one. Echo voices his concerns. You know, if they activate the clankers, they'll start shooting at the clones. Of course, they fought against the clones the whole fucking war. It's the deal with the fucking droids. But... <laughs> Trace says, not if they control the droid that controls them. Tech's like, actually, that's really smart. And I'm like, Tech, did you not think of it? Uh, and Trace, you know, she finishes the modifications. The head briefly powers up in Omega's hand with the message, cannot transmit. And it shuts right down. And Tech notes, they just need to boost the signal. And he does his whole Tech thing. He sticks a fucking rod in it. And he's like, let's get this did thing anyone going. anyone else feel like he was just, like, very aggressive about this? He was like... I mean, I get the excitement of the moment of like, just like, oh, the idea, oh, building on it. Like, you know, I get how you get carried away in those moments. But like, my dude was like shoving USBs in just with aggression. My, like, my, thing, my thing with tech, just the way he chimes in, I think he is actually pretty insecure about what he brings to the table. Like the other guys have all these like enhancements that are, I, like he's practical often, but he's not physical, you know, like it's like he's an incredibly mental entity. And I think that if he feels he can affect a situation, he needs he needs that. You know what I'm saying? Like it feels that way to me anyway. Right. I don't know. He just. Man, that's a good point. And I think like there's he, he he more than anyone sticks out with that character trait, you know, like a like a need to get his his word in. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. It just it, it just it just sticks out to me a little bit more in this episode. But uh, uh, Trace says that if they control the droid that controls them, you know, this will this will be just fine. And, you know, they boost the signal. The firefight continues and Omega reaches out over the comms. Wrecker, do you copy? Wrecker, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? We need your help. 
And I like, I don't know if this is like purposeful or anything. The thing that makes Wrecker comes, come to is Omega. Yeah. Very. I don't, I, like the others did reach out over the comms and obviously it's a little closer to when he hit his head. Omega's given him the most time and stuff, but it's like, it is Omega that gets him going. And that makes sense to me. Like if Omega tells him I need help, Wrecker is more likely to be like, I need to be there. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, but he rises, he coughs, he shouts, I'm on my way. And, uh, Rafa talks shit on Trace's plan about the droid as they continue to be pinned down and it doesn't seem like anything is happening. She's like, Oh fucking great idea. Trace. God damn. It's taking forever. And, uh, tech keeps doing his fucking thing, you know? Uh, but right at the perfect time, Wrecker makes this heroic entrance, jumping from above and taking out all the fucking clankers. And he said, I got tired of you guys having all the fun. He was, he was done. He was done waiting, you know, or, you know, writhing in pain on the ground. Uh, Rafa looks to Hunter and tells him now, him I like. With the signal boosted, Trace informs the head to tell the droids to attack the police. The droid army activates and comes to their aid. And I liked this because as they rise, one of them's like, what's happening? And the other one's like, I don't know. Did we win? (laughs) And I like the idea that these like droids were just like all about that action. They were like, I'm I'm here to win. Fuck, fuck, fuck the other bullshit. (laughs) They woke up from a fucking slumber and said... I'm gonna get this dub. By I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get this. By and I like, I like the, uh, I like the note here in a second from one of them where it's like, orders are orders. Like they give the same programming to droids that they do the clones. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that, like they, that might have been a throwaway line, but it was purposeful nonetheless. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, the, the clankers come to their aid and Echo says that he never thought he'd see the day. And uh, they're all ready for their departure. They make their escape. And Trace calls out for R7 to pick up. And uh, this is formerly the droid of Ahsoka Tano, like I said earlier. Uh, she was loyal to Ahsoka. She, he got blasted down in, the, in Order 66. And I'm assuming repaired by Captain Rex. Looks the same in everything. So I like, I like, the, uh, I like the little nod. There is also the possibility. I mean... It's obvious. I was wondering. I was wondering. It's it's it is Captain Rex. I think there is the possibility that it is it is Ahsoka, but she did say him. She didn't say her, so it's a dude. What if? I don't think this is the case. But my first thought was Rafa and Trace like to get into shit that was a little over their head. What if they're like bring him up and it's Maul? I wondered that too. I wonder. I was thinking dark immediately. Just the tone of it. It seemed very like eerie. on rewatch. On rewatch, not as much. I'll okay. say it felt. It felt more like they're definitely talking to Captain Rex. But the first watch, I was like, that felt ominous. And maybe it's because Star Wars has just predisposed me to just not trust people. To like, assuming yeah. that the shadow, the shadowy, you know, hologram, hologram figure is not the good guy. Yeah, it's, uh, so, it's so so the the equivalent of the dude walking from the field right now. Exactly. But, <laughs> but given that they are with R7 and R7 was on the planet where Ahsoka and Captain Rex crash landed, it's a pretty good bet we're talking about Captain Rex here. Yeah. Imagine uh, like taking Ahsoka's droid and then going and being like, Hey, Maul, what's up, bud? Let's get to work. Exactly. Like, dude. 
But, you know, we saw them with the pikes and stuff. But it was my immediate thought. I was like, did they get in over their head? Now they're in sort of a uh, Kira situation where they're kind of like, I don't know that I want to work for someone as shitty as this. But, hey, here we are. It's the time of the Empire. We all choose sides. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. But I think I think it's Captain Rex. But as they leave, Omega finds her bow on the ground and is sure to grab it and as they make their escape through all the fire, Omega finally gets the hang of the bow. And again, it's the instinct thing. Partially is that blocking out distractions when it comes to the instinct thing. You know, when you're not thinking about it, distractions become less of a less of a factor. But uh, amidst all this chaos, the droid head is destroyed. And uh, that's that's that for that. They all board the ship and they make it on their merry way. But Trace notes that they did all that work for nothing. The droid head was destroyed. And Omega says that whoever Sid's buyer is isn't going to be happy. And I like that Omega's mind is on the money. Omega <laughs> at said, a young age, at a young Omega age. said, okay, but we didn't get the job done, though. <laughs> Omega, Omega was like, mission ain't complete. We gonna, we gonna, we gonna be in trouble at home. And, uh, Rafa wants to clear something up here. She, she looks to Hunter. She says, you knew just how dangerous this, this information was. And you also didn't know who you were giving it to? And Hunter's like, hey, we're being paid to acquire and deliver. I don't I don't ask questions. And Trey says their contact needed that information for the fight against the Empire. And there's the line. Yeah, that, that line definitely. makes me think that they're on the good side. And also makes me think that uh, whoever the Bad Batch, uh, what whatever, Sid, is that her name? Yeah. Whoever Sid's working for, probably uh, kind of scummy. Oh yeah, I'm I'm guessing that maybe uh maybe the buyer here, Sid Sid's working for guys like Job of the Hut, and forming yeah. for guys like Job of the Hut. That's high level stuff right there. Like uh, there is that distinct possibility she's informing for multiple crime syndicates like the Huts, like the Black Sun, like Crimson Dawn, where Darth Maul is running shit. So I mean, like I'm holding on to this Maul thing tight just because we are in that gap. Or we don't have a lot of mall story, but we know this is where he thrived for a yeah. second. You know what I'm saying? We don't have mall story outside of knowing he he did some shit that was shady. Exactly. But uh, and then got cut down by uh by Obi. Yeah. R.I.P. in peace. But uh. But not really though. Yeah, yeah. But you know, <laughs> Trey says that the, their contact is trying to help people, make things better. And Rafa asks why they're not fighting for the Empire. Isn't that what clones do now? He says they're different. She's like, yeah, I've heard that before. And I was interested to this callback because the person she's, quote, heard it from before is Ahsoka. Did they did they leave on specifically rocky terms? I, don't, I thought they left on good terms. So did I. It seemed like she had a little bit of haste here. But, but like, I mean, like, for a yeah. moment, she didn't know she was a Jedi. Then she revealed she was a Jedi. So there's like a slight betrayal there. Given their like, given their backstory, but yeah, but at the same time, it was also Ahsoka who like made them find made her finally realize like yeah, no, I need to choose sides, and I should choose the side of good, not the side of money. Yeah, so I was interested in that, and I'm I'm, I'm assuming they might have heard it from someone else, hopefully, but like I just thought that callback didn't make a ton of sense in reference to Ahsoka. Uh, but when they arrive at the Bad Batch's ship. Omega tells Trace and Rafa that they should come visit sometime. And they question back, isn't that part of Ward Mantell a little fucking seedy? And Omega's like, very, it's great. 
She's like, fuck yeah, lots of crime. I love it. So, uh, She's a little grimy kid. She's a little... No, that's what's kick-ass, though. I'm highly encouraged by this. Like, Omega is going to grow up and be like a bounty hunter or something. Like, the, like, I have no doubt. Like, I mean, not like, probably not killing people just because she's being raised by the people she's being raised by, hopefully for a long term. But uh, She's going to be a straight murderer. Nah, Luke's like, going to come get her. Oh, you, you, you staking the claim that Omega is is helping at the Jedi Temple with Master Skywalker? No, I was just throwing it out just because of Grogu. It was just really... Just well, we've talked about this before. She's... Well, I guess she would be the same age as Luke. I doubt she Luke be, comes and picks that's her why, up. That's why I phrased it the way I did. Is she coming to the... She's helping out at the yeah. Jedi Temple, not being... I mean, she she should still be taught if she is with the Force. I'm getting the impression with the force. Life, though, that she is without the Force. No, if anything Force happens, it's going to be what, I, what me and Colton talked about. Yeah. I just, I think that is the most like seamless like a theory could be while also being so fucking out there. So, what like, you God and damn, Colton talk talked about. Yeah, like last Did week, I miss... week before or no? Yeah, I mean everybody was there. I just remember me and just... specifically going back and forth off each other. We're like, if she, if they're Kaminoans are working with Palpatine and they want Omega oh. back, and then Palpatine uses her to start, you know, the cloning process, and gotcha. that's how we okay. get Ray. Yeah. Okay. Saying, yeah. I mean, I don't think that's gonna happen. But goddamn. Oh, I don't I mean, either. Like, but I, I'm with it. Like it is like for as outlandish as it is, it is pretty seamless. It, it, it does tie together well. It's just it won't happen, but it ties together well. It'd be like if you put a bu- like a put a turd like in a Christmas box and wrapped it as beautifully as you possibly could. <laughs> exactly. But uh, Rafa tells her to keep uh, working on that bow as they're splitting the, as they're splitting apart, and uh, Hunter approaches and gives her a data rod. And uh, he tells her that Tech copied the droid's intel before it got destroyed. She asks why he would give it to her, and he says that she would use it for the right reasons. She says maybe he is different. And uh, he responds that things were clearer when they were just soldiers. And Rafa tells him, take it from her. Eventually, everyone picks a side. The ships part and fly their own ways. And on board with Trace and Rafa, Rafa instructs R7 to, quote, patch him through. A hologram pops up and Rafa tells him that they have acquired the intel they were searching for and that they had help. A squad of rogue clones and she knows where to find them. She thought he might want to know. And we cut to black. It, I mean, it's Captain Rex. We we know we're getting Captain Rex in this series. I have no doubt. Like, that's just who it is. You know what I'm saying? There's no point in uh, going WandaVision on this thing. No, no. That's, that, that is Captain Rex. Uh... However, I won't doubt the inclusion of a Maul character through Sid. You know what I'm saying? I think, uh, I think I they just, could. Okay, I still just really want to see more Tarkin. I just think he, I love Tarkin. And I've honestly, we're coming back there soon. With and honestly, honestly going to say the Kaminoans are still interesting to me. Like, I don't know. Like, like you said at the top of the show, it's, it's a long season. Mm-hmm. And if they don't have a, a super long storyline. They have a storyline that's like five or six episodes. And that's fine. I just want to know what they, I just like that. Like, I want to see what's going to happen in like the post war. Like what's the, what is their line now? What is their line of business? Where do they go? And here's the thing. Do we think this results in the empire destroying Camino? That would be sick. I I would be down to see that. I don't even care. Well, that's the thing is that like, it seems like it might be headed 
Like, uh, I'm if Camino isn't a factor ever again, why is that? Why, like, how have they never come up since? Clapped. Let's do it. I'm down. I'm down. As long as I get to see it, like a like a, a mini Death Star practice run, I'm down. Mm. Like, just get to the see first, it. The first, Exegol, the first Exegol Starship uh, <laughs> practice, practice mm. run. I don't know. I don't we'll see, give but... a fuck how it happens. I, I just want to see some shit. <laughs> That'd be cool. But that was that was where we cut to black, and thus the episode of the Bad Batch concluded. Uh, it was a fucking good one. I liked it a whole fucking lot, uh, and I can't wait for the next one. And even sooner than that, before the next Bad Batch episode comes out, we will have talked about, I believe, the first two episodes of Loki. That are releasing on Wednesday. We get two episodes. I think it's two. I'm pretty sure. So Thursday night, we will be we will be discussing Loki. Okay, we have to rein that like that conversation has to be controlled super well. Like if we're gonna discuss both episodes, oh, we're getting two episodes. With yeah, I think so. With Marvel though, like I said, through WandaVision and Falcon Winter Soldier, I didn't even want. And didn't even need to do scene by scene breakdowns. It's it's a different type of thing, you know. It's it's going to be more. We're just discussing what the fuck have we seen? Yeah, what the fuck could happen? Uh, but uh, like I like I said at the top of the show again, if you want a forty minute intro of this podcast where we just just. We we didn't go Star Wars in pretty much any way except for briefly in the first couple minutes. We talked a lot about horror movies and sharts. Some stories, sharts, the $100,000 Among Us chicken nugget. I love I mean, that it's we just, just sprinkle it in so generically, just sharts, sprink, casual. Just sharts, sharts. But, uh, Everybody loves a good shart story. Come on. <laughs> this was the 103rd episode of the Penny Bloom podcast. I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by KBZ Kyler Barnett. Thank you very much, homie. Absolutely. Can't wait for Loki. Can't wait for the next Bad Batch. Absolutely, my friend. And thank you. Miles, my fucking buttress. I mean, anytime, man. Anytime. I mean, three or four days from now, even? Probably. Well, I mean, we'll have to. We'll have to. Here's the thing. I'm not trying to get behind on Loki recordings because yeah. if like if we can't go Thursday and at the latest Friday night, like then we're running into the bad batch. Like and it gets it gets murky after that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we gotta stay. We gotta yeah. stay on point with this as as much as we can. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. But uh, again, this is the Penny Bloom podcast. Go to Patreon.com/slash Bloom for extended uncut versions of this podcast an additional 40 minutes on this episode and uh fuck man follow us on twitter at penny bloom pod on instagram at penny bloom podcast remember peace love and bloom and always praise keanu reeves